It's a judgment-free zone. I'm here to meet them where they're at. But I do talk to people all the time. I mean, this happened yesterday where someone's like, okay, I'm really embarrassed to show you. And then I show them, they, they show me their space and I have to reassure them like, hey, on the scale of what I see, I need you to know that it feels like an 11 to you. Um, to me, it's, it's a three. Like this is all completely manageable. This is very standard. You're good. And they're like, really, really? Are you just saying that? You know, and there's just this like a lot of anxiety that goes along with it. So I really wanted a job where I could help people. My corporate background before this, I was an executive assistant and I started at reception and kind of as I became more organized in my life, I was getting more organized at work and kind of worked up the ranks. So then I was helping other people at work and in the realm of work be organized, helping my executive and his team. But at the end of the day, I, I worked in video games, which was a lot of fun, but it wasn't necessarily helping anybody. It wasn't necessarily that heart-centered work that I was really craving. And so, yeah, I wanted to help people, individuals, families get their things organized and also know that it can be a learned skill that you don't need to be born with it to be organized because I certainly am not but yeah that's really how I got started and it was a side hustle first just because I was new to town and was like I feel like this is a good idea but at the same time my network wasn't really here I had some family here and they were kind enough to invite me into their circles and introduce me to folks but at the same time I didn't want to just jump in because I felt that could potentially be a very financially irresponsible decision <laughs> at that time. How did you come up with the name Tidy Revival for your company? Oh, that's such a sweet question to ask, honestly. And I know that I'm a mentor in a group that I will definitely share as a resource later. And so I know that all new organizers go through it where you've just got a pad of paper and you're just taking words that have to do with organization and putting them together and being like, when you feel like there's a good fit, then you're frantically looking it up to see if somebody else has it first and someone didn't have this. I would say I, I get a lot of compliments on it, which just really warms my heart. When I first started, I remember the first time I told somebody about it. It was one of my mother's-in-laws, and they were like, oh, do you have a business name? And I remember being like, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a tidy revival. Like, it's just really nervous about it. And some people are like, eh. I don't know. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. But I'm really glad that I stuck with my guns because I, I do really like the name, but it was a trial and error of just putting words together. There was no magic combo. <laughs> well, there's magic enough. It finally all hit and here we are. So it worked out. Thanks, Erin. I appreciate you. So through your work, what are some of the common challenges families face in trying to get organized? What do you kind of see? Because there's one thing about organizing yourself and then there's another step of it when all of a sudden you have other people playing into the equation yeah again and I this is just from my notes I know that one of the really big things that I mentioned is that for a lot of folks this doesn't come naturally and I think when you get into um, the generational learning of that I think it can be a struggle because if you're a parent who didn't learn how to get organized and now you have kids who are also not learning how to get organized. It can feel like frustration on top of frustration. And again, it can feel like you're the only one who doesn't have it together, but it's absolutely not true. And just because it isn't a natural talent that you're born with doesn't mean that it's a moral failure, which it can feel like for a lot of people. And it also doesn't mean that you're different. So I'm here to teach folks that simple ways to get organized, show them that it's a skill that you can absolutely learn, and we want to focus on really the basics. And then my, my goal is to help people know that 
whether there's one, two, ten people in your family, if you have a chronic illness, if you have ADHD, if you have babies, teens, adult children living at home, multi-generational families, large homes with staff, the goal is to streamline things so whoever is at the home can get on board with these systems easily. And I think that that's, that's really the biggest struggle is the more people you have in a household, I think it can feel really overwhelming to even get started because you have to think about all these other people and these other aspects. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's the biggest struggle. Honestly, getting started is really like the biggest hurdle for many people. And I hear a lot of folks say, I talk about this a lot, but I hear a lot of folks say that they are nervous to get organized because they feel like it's going to be a never-ending task. So basically, why bother is what I hear frequently. And my, I was going to say retort, retort isn't right, but <laughs> my reply to that is to think about getting organized as any other habit that you would like to have in your life that is going to take a little bit of daily effort. So instead of thinking about it as like a, a one-and-done project that if your systems unravel, wow, I must have done it wrong. I guess I'm not good at this after all. Instead of thinking of it that way, I want you to think about it like getting enough sleep, hydration, movement, fueling our body. These are healthy habits that we mindfully think about, but it doesn't necessarily take up all of our thoughts and actions all day, every day. It's just a little bit of habits that we incorporate into our life on a regular basis. And in that way, yes, it's, not, it's never done, but it's also beautifully never done and that's okay. We don't need to worry about it there being like this final thing that we reach. It's just kind of an evolving practice. I love that because I know, I mean, we all go through periods of the busy and chaotic times, like all of a sudden you're just trying to get through it, you know, day by day. And maybe the system does kind of fall apart a little bit, but you just have to be that kindness to yourself to say, you know what, that's all right. And we'll just kind of get it back, you know, things back in place and, rethink about how we can, you know, um, lack of better words, get back to being organized. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge chunk of it. And um, I know I'll, I'll be talking about that even more a little bit later in our conversation, but that's a huge, huge aspect of it. So how can physical clutter lead to mental clutter? I know that's like, and it's interesting um, because of course we talk a lot about creativity here and mm -hmm. creatives sometimes will say, well, I like my studio to be chaos and I have my workspace be chaos because that's leading to my creativity. But I do think science has shown that having, why chaos is not necessarily going to derail the pro the project. It can lead to maybe not even knowingly mental clutter is what I kind of, I like those terms of the physical clutter then leading into the mental clutter. I would just love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that we'll we'll mention um, the podcast that I do a little bit later, but one of the episodes that we had was talking to someone um, who's a dear friend of mine in real life. Um, she's also a therapist, and we ended up, we would have conversations just on our own about how those two things intersect and brought it to the podcast for that reason, because I'm like, I know this comes up in therapy. I've gotten a new therapist. And one of the few first questions they ask is what is the state of your home? Like how much clutter do you have at home? 
which just brought a huge smile to my face. And I was like, okay, actually, that is like the one thing that I do have going on well. We're here to talk about everything else. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're totally, totally linked. And there was actually a study published in 2009 that I will that link in the for you in the show notes, or you'll link in the show notes. I will give you the link. That's referenced a lot in my industry. If you you'll notice, like once you once you see it, you can't unsee it. But it is a reference point for a lot of us in a lot of different articles. But it's called "No Place Like Home: Home Tours Correlate with Daily Patterns of Mood and Cortisol." And they studied the cortisol levels of families and showed how they relate to the amount of clutter in their homes. And it was super interesting. So if you want to read the study, again, it's fascinating, but it really is backed by science. And if you ever feel like clutter stresses you out, it's not just you. It's not just in your brain. It's totally related to the stress hormone. And that's why stress cleaning is a thing, because it can help you calm down and it's also why decluttering can be stressful or mentally exhausting. It's because of those micro decisions. Those micro decisions that your brain has to make takes a toll. And whether you're saying keep, donate, keep, donate, keep, donate, or you're looking at your closet first thing in the morning, having the closet full of clothes and nothing to wear, and your brain is saying no, 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 as you flip through the choices, or if you're searching for your keys and it's a really crowded countertop and you know they're here somewhere, right here in front of you somewhere, but where are they? That can feel like all of those things have that same underlining feeling and it's just, it's really stressful. Which leads me into, I think about kids and I know there was a study about having too many things or too many toys or too many activities scattered everywhere and that that actually takes away from them being able to engage and imaginative play. It's almost like it overwhelms and they're not allowed to kind of explore maybe mm -hmm. one or two things. Is that something that you've seen as you've helped families get more organized? Yeah, I know that on the scientific side, it's an excellent question that I'm not necessarily qualified to answer in the scientific way. But yeah, I've definitely heard people say that about and read things about it. I don't have a cool study to link it for this one, but I have heard that it's, you know, it's easier for children to concentrate on their play when they have less options and are less distracted. Anecdotally, I've helped many parents with their playrooms and letting go of things that they've outgrown with, are not played with, are broken. I've had clients let go of 50% of their kids' toys and the kids never, ever notice and then instead are more engaged with the things that they do have. And I also know for a fact that 99% of folks come to me because, and these are their words, they're overwhelmed with too much stuff. And that's really the same across the board because I talk to, you know, talk to a lot of different organized, uh, organizers and the word overwhelmed is the number one word that we hear when people come to us. So I think if that's how we as adults feel, I don't think it's a stretch that kids can also feel overwhelmed with too much stuff and they may feel less equipped to make those decisions or to even advocate for themselves about how to figure out how to make the decisions. I know when I was a kid, it was really hard for me to ask questions and I would have like a lot of anxiety about it. Like I changed my major because I was realizing how many questions I was going to have to ask strangers. And I was like, I, uh, like it was just really, really difficult. So I can 
only imagine how, how stressful that is for kids. And they may not have the vocabulary yet to say, hey, I not even recognize I'm in a cluttered room and this is actually, I mean, they don't have that understanding quite yet when you're younger. Yeah. And they may not have as much to compare it to. You realize that different houses are different, but at the same time, if you feel like this is just how your house is, it might be difficult to bring up to the people who are the head of households, whether, you know, it's your parents or your foster parents or whatever the case may be to make those changes. You may not feel empowered about it. What are some strategies for maintaining organization over the long term? I would just love to hear your thoughts about that. I know we kind of mentioned that busy chaotic period where things can kind of go astray. So what are some strategies that people can have in place to kind of get back on track? Mm -hmm. So I love this question so much, first of all. And like you mentioned earlier, I think that one of the biggest things you can do, like number one, is to give yourself grace. Because something I see a lot is that folks get discouraged when they have created systems and then they become unraveled over time. When that happens, I know that they say to me, like, okay, that didn't work. And, like, obviously, like, I'm bad at getting organized because I had this thing and it didn't, like, work in the long term. But I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to the person who's creating the system because, yeah, things are not always going to stay perfect. That's just how life is. And just know that even if you set it up beautifully, it's going to get messed up at a point. Not maybe, definitely. It's definitely going to get messed up at a point, and that's okay. Because I always tell people that the magic is in the resets. So if you're so busy that you need to take time for yourself at the end of the day to recharge a little bit versus resetting your home, sometimes that's what you just got to do. You do you, boo. But if you can spare 10 to 20 minutes, I highly recommend setting a timer. And this is, this is something I do in my own home too, or for any task that I really don't want to do. I can't stand unpacking. And I was telling my club members the other week that like I set a timer to be like, okay, I just have to unpack for 20 minutes. And yes, I'm sad the trip is over, but I just, just set the timer. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. And turn on a song or a podcast. Um, but that 10 to 20 minutes when you set on a timer and you do just take that little bit of time to put things back where they belong, that's really the power of getting organized is that once things have a home, it's so much easier to maintain those spaces because you can do those resets. And then if you are like, well, that sounds great, but nothing has a home and everything's everywhere and I don't know where to start, I say to start with that same method too. And if anyone needs to reach out about how to create an action plan, how to get started, I'm happy to, actually, I'm going to make a quick note to send you the link to an episode specifically about how to create your action plan so that you can have that as well. But I recommend that same timer. Timer. And when I have folks create an action plan, it's created in a way so that the different items on their action plan are teeny tiny projects versus like bedroom we're going to break it down into teeny tiny chunks so that they can start a t- they can have a timer and if you have a 20 minutes of time you can do something get it checked off your list and make progress in your spaces versus feeling like you have to set aside 3 hours 5 hours a week to like get it all done which can absolutely be overwhelming and too much for people to start with if they're overwhelmed with too much stuff but 
when we work on it bit by bit and use decluttering as the foundation of everything that we do, which I like will, that will be the hill that I die on is using decluttering as the foundation of everything that we do. We're going to create homes for things, but it's not just sorting everything. We're letting go of the things that we don't use, need, want, love, that don't fit in our house. That's a big one. And then you're not digging through too much stuff day in, day out. It's going to be a lot easier to find what you need when you need it and be able to put it away easily as well. We're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. This episode of the Girls That Create podcast is brought to you by the Girls That Create website, where we provide parenting resources for raising creative girls while also encouraging greater female representation across the arts. Visit us at www.girlsthatcreate.com, where you'll find articles by some of our podcast guests, including Dr. Michelle Borba, Jessica Leahy, Renee Trudeau, and many more. You can also sign up for the Girls That Create newsletter at www.girlsthatcreate.com slash newsletter. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back with the Girls That Create podcast on Word of Mom Radio. My guest today is Carly Adams, founder of Tidy Revival. I love the timer idea. One of my daughters is not a fan of putting away her laundry, and I'm already thinking in my brain that that is something to just say, look, set your timer on your phone, 20 minutes, get it done, and put on some, put on some music. My gosh, I have to tell you a little anecdote, and I will send you the information for this person, too. But when I was first getting organized, one of my favorite resources was this blogger, or is this blogger. I still love her. Um, she goes by the Busy Budgeter, but her name's Rosemary Groner. And she just has really practical advice that I found deeply helpful. And I remember in one of her newsletters once, this was like years ago, but it stuck with me forever, she had a little hack. She was like, listen, there are certain things that we all can't stand doing. I get it. I'm there too. She was like, I encourage you to set a timer and see how long it actually takes you to do the thing. And I found, I'm like, oh, making my bed actually does take me less than three minutes or emptying the dishwasher does often take me maybe seven minutes, maybe. And so 
once I was able to kind of quantify how long things took, then it felt it felt a lot easier. Because I'm like, all right, well, I have seven minutes, and then it's just done. So that was a hack that really helped me, and I feel like that could be a good thing for putting away your laundry too. Absolutely. Thinking about that again, on why is it important to teach kids to care for their own spaces? I'd love to hear your thoughts about that because, again, we just kind of mentioned earlier about if you're a parent who never actually was organized yourself growing up or came from a house not organized, and suddenly you're trying to put in these practices, and then that's something you see beneficial, hence you want to share with your kids. And we're real big here about trying to kind of, I like to say, get ahead of the problem or get ahead of the challenge. So down the road, the person has the, you know, kids have the skill sets to go forward. Yes. Oh, 100%. I feel very, very strongly, like I love this question so much, and I'm really glad that you you brought it up because I, I do feel so strongly that kiddos, if they learn these skills early in life, it is only going to help them. Like no child is going to have these skills and grow up and be like, well, that was a waste of time. And I say these, this again, as someone who didn't grasp these skills until I was in adulthood. And for many of my clients, it's the same story. So when you're teaching your kids, not only how to put things away and the importance of putting them away, but also about how much is enough of different things, like how much is enough clothes, how much is enough socks, how much is enough toys, how to declutter how to clean their room, which sounds really simple, but the amount of adults that I talk to who as adults shove things in closets and shove things in cupboards. I'm guilty (laughs) of that. (laughs) But when you kind of like digest it, when you talk to people and you're like, hey, when your parents said clean up your room, did you really know what that meant? Or did you know that if your floor was, if your floor was clean, your parents were they were off your back. And usually that's the case. So that's how things get shoved under beds, shoved in the closet, shoved in drawers. And yeah, it's because people are like, okay, how do I make mom and dad happy? But they, the parents didn't necessarily go through the extra step of saying, okay, this goes here, this goes here. And we do this because it's so much easier to find it later. We do this because then it helps us see how much we have. And if things are getting, if, if we decide that we're, um, things are impacted and we have too much, then we know that it's time to go through it and to declutter a little bit. Like that next extra step is a lot of times skipped. And I've talked to many, many, many adults about this, and so I feel very confident in talking about it. But, um, but yeah, it's super important. So how to clean their room, why these different steps matter in the process, not just go clean your room. Um but also how to share, it goes back to how to share a space, how to do your part as someone who has a shared space. All of this will only help make them a better adult and also make a lot of like their mental load around clutter and organization a lot easier as an adult. This is also a good time to give a little disclaimer that if you hear snoring, that's my dog and he (laughs) is always with me when I'm recording um, because he yeah, he just sleeps, but sometimes he snores. So apologies. It's not my stomach. Didn't even hear. Um, and mine is outside chasing squirrels and just thinking this will be the day that she will finally take one out. I would love to hear about your podcast, The Tidy Revival. You mentioned it earlier. You mentioned some of the episodes you've had. Tell me about the guests that come on and um, its purpose and what you're giving, what, what listeners can take from it. 
Yeah, and thank you. Um, so we talk all about the stories and the emotions behind decluttering an organization. So you're definitely going to learn tips along the way because I can't help it. I want to give you tips. Um, but I also want to talk to folks about things like, you know, we had a client on who was completely decluttering and revamping her garage after her husband's passing, and that had been her space. So our project was to revamp it. It had been a while after he passed, and she's like, okay, it's time. I need to make this my space. I talked to a client about how she has updated her systems over time. We've worked together for years. She's been in different houses. Her kid is in different stages of life. So how those organizational systems have changed I talked to a client about an international move that we helped organize. Um, they were going from Germany to England, and so it was all remote and how we organized the, the process of getting moved and what that meant. I talked to a co-founder of the company Retold Recycling about recycling textiles and the services they provide and how that works on the back end, as well as their Shark Tank appearance, which was exciting. And I talked to, as I mentioned, a therapist about the intersection of therapy and clutter. And we did an ADHD series. We talked to an author. I talked to a fellow organizer about some of our favorite resources. And I talked to an ADHD coach about how her clients' spaces impact their lives. So, yeah, a lot of fun conversations that I'm really proud of. What a great resource. I have to ask. On the workspace, because I yeah. think this is, especially now, so many of us have almost two workspaces. Maybe you're hybrid and you work some at work and you work some at home. Maybe you're completely at home or maybe you're, I mean, the workspace, I feel, has just gone through this immense transformation over the last five years. And I would just love to hear your recommendations and thoughts about how we can kind of keep an organization as we're almost like, <laughs> lack of better words, a traveling backpack with our laptop in these different workspaces as we're kind of in a swirl almost. Yeah, absolutely. I will send you the link for an episode we did too about working from home. And this is something that I absolutely agree. Things have changed so much over the last few years, more than ever before. People are working from home 100%. Some people are hybrid. Yeah, people are trying to also get creative in these same spaces. So there's a lot of things to keep in mind about it, but it's something that I love talking about and I um, speak on it as well. I think that the biggest thing to keep in mind is to create a home for everything in your space. But I also think it's important to really think about what you have at hand. And I don't want you to necessarily have everything that you own at hand but a sampling. And so I'm just kind of giving an example of my space. I don't have storage underneath my desk. It's a sit stand, so it's up and down, but you know, I have my trash and recycling, but then I did a pegboard. So I have, you know, a stapler and a staple remover and tape and some blue light glasses and a ruler, a little bit of pens and pencils, but not all my pens and pencils. I definitely have some back stock over here. These cabinets behind me all have organizational supplies that I maybe use to refill my kit or I have a bin full of command hooks or a bin for any events that I do, that sort of thing. But it's not all right here. So I want to make sure that I have what I need to function, like the things that I use the most, I want them to be close by, but I don't want to necessarily concentrate on having everything right here so that it's not overwhelming. It's just kind of a smattering. And being able to put things back 
where they go. Cause there are absolutely things on my desk. Like, you know, there's extra notes and there's extra earbuds and my scissors are just chilling, but I'm able to put them away when I need to, so that I can kind of start with a clean slate and let my brain, um, my brain thinks a little bit easier. So if I need to brainstorm things, I need to be creative. It's helpful for me to put things away. And to your point, that may not be the case for everyone, but I also might venture to guess that most people could benefit from putting a few things away. Maybe not everything. Maybe it doesn't have to be like a clean, blank, white slate, but not having everything out around you all the time, I feel, can be very beneficial. You mentioned your organization kit. What are three things you have to have in there? Three things you can't live without. Ooh, that's a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Um, if anyone's interested, I won't link this because I don't think most people are, but I did a blog post once for Inspired Organizer about what's in my kit, and it's like a full list. Um, this is pre-pandemic, so I had even more at the time. Um, three things I can't live without include, I have three, they're trash cans that I take and they're labeled, take them to every session. So one is trash, recycle, donations, and then I have a whole slew. I always just come with a massive amount of trash bags so that as we are doing things, if like recycling fills up, I can take it, take the bag, put it off to the side, and then we like dump everything at the end. I can just be like, okay, this is recycle. This is trash. These are donations. And at the end of the day, put it all away. Um, but yeah, can't live without my trash can. My, my sorting bins, but they're trash cans, and my plethora of bags. Can't live without my label maker and my scissors. Oh, and my water bottle. <laughs> I think that it's kind of funny, but it's an absolutely underrated aspect of getting organized is thinking about your hydration and your blood sugar levels while you're doing it. So pro tip, eat some protein 20 minutes before you start <laughs> so that you're nice and protein filled before you go. I have a session today. This is just like anecdotally. I have a session today that my client wanted to start at 11 and she was going to be coming straight from a meeting. Like we were going to be at 10, but then she had to have a 10. She's like, let's start at 11. I don't need a break. We'll just start at 11. And I said, I would love to start at 1130. And here's why I swear there's a reason. It's because 11 to two is just straight over the lunch break. Any lunch time you have is going to be from 11 to two. So if you don't take that break, your stomach is just going to be thrown right off. And we're going to be working in a space that's really difficult for you emotionally. Like there's going to be a lot of tough decisions. So it's going to be beneficial to you. It's going to be beneficial to me. If we just start 1130, let's just both eat a really early lunch, get some protein in, and then start at 1130. And we'll be, I promise you, we'll both be better off for it. So yeah, so thinking about your hydration levels as well. I love that. I mean, you really don't think about this being a very extensive mental exercise, but then actually with you putting in context, you're like, yeah, it probably is very draining and you want to be prepared going into it. My meal planning during the work week, all the meals I eat are really planned around when I'm organizing with folks. I'm always making sure I've got like a protein dose, like right beforehand to keep that blood sugar steady. Because even though it's easier for me, because it's not my space, right? And I do this all the time, but we are making things worse before they're better. And so 
there is like a bit of chaos that goes into it and you need to be the person that is cool, calm and collected and just saying like, nope, we got this. And like, you know what needs to be done next. If you get overwhelmed and are freaking out, everything unravels from there. Like you need to be like the stewardess on the plane. It's like, you know what? This turbulence happens all the time. Guys, it is nothing to worry about, even if everyone is freaking out. So, um, yeah, it's really, really important. And I, I hope it's okay, but I noticed that I had some notes that I didn't mention when we were talking about workspaces. Do you mind if I go sure, back a go second? No, let's hear it. Thank you. So I wanted to let folks know that, A, again, this is really important to remember that you are able to just reset your space frequently. And whether that's daily, whether it's five minutes once a week, just knowing that having a space that you can reset when you need to and building your systems around that is really important. And if you notice a common issue, like this is basically what organization is, if you notice a common issue, then you're going to want to create a solution around it because organization is always really about problem solving. So I'm going to give a couple of examples, just kind of rapid fire. Um, before I switched my office around, I like had the configuration different, but we also used to have a big bed in here, but there was less storage. So what I found is that I constantly had a bed covered in a bunch of bins because any supplies that were coming in for the client, they just needed to be here. So I just had this like cluttered bed and that was really doing my own head in because like I'm trying to be clutter free and I know this clutter is for work, but also it's everywhere. So I ended up letting go of the bed because it was over COVID. No one's staying in here anyway. Have a little futon. It's not the best futon, but you know what? Now I can put the items that come in, they have a space and I have more storage to kind of just like put things as the flow comes in and out. So that was an example of me being like, okay, we've got to revamp this somehow. And what are the things that really matter in this space? How often am I using this bed compared to how often are all these supplies coming in and out? And the answer was constantly and not so much. I mean, not at all for big chunk at the beginning of COVID, but my goal was to go back in home. So I was like, it's going to start again. It's going to be the same problem. Let's just fix this now. So that's one. Mail, I cannot stand going through mail during the week. Like, I'll take it and do the first, like, okay, this is trash, um, recycle, shred. But if there's something that needs action, I really don't have the bandwidth to care about it Monday through Friday. I just don't. That's me. Other people might. Totally fine. So what I did is we have this space where we keep our receipts and we go through our receipts uh, once a week with our budget, which was a big part of my getting organized situation. And I just changed the label. It says receipts and Carly mail. I told my husband, as my mail comes in, please just throw it in here because it's stressing me out if it's on the table. I don't care about it, but I don't want it out. Like, let's do this. I'm already going through this pocket of receipts once a week anyway. So let's just throw my mail in there. I'll get my mail. And then I'll just take care of it on the weekends, but then it's not out. Let's see. I talked about not having storage under my desk. So I have a pegboard. There is a really great one from Ikea that's very budget friendly. And I will say it, I'm just going to say it. I think it's just as good as the system from Container Store and it is much less expensive. So I'm just putting it out there, but I've used it a lot and I love it. And then I also think it's important to think about your ergonomics of a space. Like, I, and I say that because I've had folks say like, okay, well, we could do storage, you know, above my desk and I can have these bins with things. And I'm like, you know, I don't think we should do it. And I'll tell you why. It's because 
to get to that storage, you're going to have to like stand on your rolly chair or you're going to have to get um, a step stool and then bend all the way over your desk. Like it's just going to be a real pain on your lower back. And the older we get, the worse it's going to be. Instead, maybe let's think about storage like here where it's really accessible or even here where if you had a step stool, you can just reach up and get something versus like the bending. So I'm not an ergonomics specialist by any means, but I do think it's really important to think about. What's one thing you wish you could go back and tell yourself when you started your business? Piece of advice. Really good question. Know that it's not going to be done. Just like in your home, I think there is this thing when we get started, especially with organizers, we're like, okay, I'll get my website, I'll get these processes in place, I will start my social media presence, I'll do these things, and then I'll get into a role, and then I'm kind of done with setting it up. But in truth, you're going to find things constantly to tweak on your website. You're going to have a new, you're going to have so many new ideas, and most of them you should absolutely not take action on. Just start a spreadsheet, throw them in there, and just think about it. Not every idea needs to have action taken, but it's not going to be done. So don't worry about finishing your to-do list. It's unreasonable and it's non-existent. Non-existent. Perfection is a myth. So don't worry about it. Just begin and get done what you can get done in each day and focus on maintaining a work-life balance so you don't burn yourself out like I did. Last question. What if I'm seeing in my child this amazing organizational brain going on that they, like organizing and helping it all brings them joy and this could be a career path that they may want to pursue down the road what would you advise them for young people who are kind of interested in thinking like maybe this is something I should look into doing oh I love that I think that a cool thing that you could do is to see if there are any organizers in your area who have teams Everyone works a little bit differently. I don't have a team. I've always been a solo organizer. But in California, the subcontractor laws are different than a lot of other states. And it's just not, I don't want to. But um, in many states, it is not the case. And lots of people have teams and have flourished with them. And when they get to be, I know even some folks locally that have teams who, you know, they're maybe like high school students. And then you can kind of learn on the job and see if it's something that could be right for you. It is one of those industries where you really have to think about how much is enough for your bandwidth mentally as well as physically, because it is a really physical job and you really have to be on. And um, you can't really phone it in with this job so much. So figuring out like how many client sessions per week is enough for you is a really big aspect of it. And that could change over time. It's, if I was 25 and doing this, it would be a different story than me at 40, like as far as my limitations. But yeah, that's where I would start. And there is an amazing organization that I will link in the show notes. So I'm a mentor in an organization called Inspired Organizer. And it's a company that exists to help new organizers set up the business end of things. So like, what does it take to be an organizational entrepreneur? Because it's a little bit different than other industries. And they have this amazing network and I'm a mentor in their Facebook group. So people pop in and ask questions all the time. But we have hundreds of organizers around the world 
And the link that I'm going to share is an interactive map. And it just relaunched. It's like the latest version of our directory, and it's so cool. So you can go to the map, and you can zoom in where you are, and you can see organizers are near you that are part of this network. Um, another great place to find local organizers is findmyorganizer.com. But yeah, connect with people near you. Maybe there's someone that they can even sit down and have coffee with. I know that someone came to me a few months ago and once you're in the business for a while, you you end up getting a lot of requests with new people that like want to like quote unquote pick your brain. After like the tenth one, you're like, okay, this is like my coaching fee. But you know, when someone reaches out, there was a high school senior that reached out and wanted to chat about it as a, like a potential career path. And I'm not going to be like, okay, here's my coaching fee. Like, let's sit down and have a conversation. So yeah, so reach out to an organizer, let them know that you're kiddo wants to talk to them about it. And if they don't want to do that, to have them call me, I will absolutely talk to your kid. <laughs> Fantastic. Carly Adams, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Erin. I really appreciate you holding space and letting me nerd out about organization. It means a lot. <laughs> it's very valuable. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm going to go get a timer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you. To all of you tuning in, Thank you for joining us on the Girls That Create podcast on Word of Mom Radio. Let's stop dreaming of a clutter-free future and instead make it a reality. Here's our closing theme song by Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. Till next time, this is Erin Prather Stafford. She is sure. She is sure.